0: Welcome to Clue Done the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. And
1: discover real facts about the amazing people who brought the shows to life. I'm Jessica, IMDb maven, and the person who reads everything in a theater program.
0: And I'm Jacob, writer, producer, and seniorly detective, Logic Cop Investigations. Boop, boop. Each week, we watch a show and try to immediately guess who done it without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy.
1: Then we spoil everything. We not only tell you who did it, but also who made it. All right, let's find out
0: who was right,
1: who was wrong,
0: and who is dead. Welcome to the podcast! <laughs> Welcome to the podcast! Hair <laughs> horn it up, here we are. This is a great week. We have a really great show in store for you this week. You know why? You know why? Because we're staying in England, for one. That's always fun. Always good mysteries in England. Yes. Two, we're going back to the 70s, people.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. It's
0: 70. It's. I think it's just 70. It's, I think so, too. It's yeah. It's just 70. It's the sideburns galore. Mm-hmm. And, of course, as always, some murder. Well, OK, I take that back. We don't always have murder on this podcast, but it's certainly preferred.
1: Yes. <laughs> It is the preferred genre. It
0: is, it is the preferred case for us to solve. Yes. I use yeah. solve loosely. Again, yeah. we make <laughs> guesses. Wild w- ass guesses. Wild ass guesses. That is.
1: Or no clue. No clue. <laughs> A.K.A. No clue.
0: Wild ass guesses. That's what we do.
1: What are we doing this week? We are doing Endeavor,
0: Ooh. which
1: is, by the way, spelled the British way. Of course. E N D E A V OUR which i always i until recently was like what i can't find this show on imdb what's happening oh the freaking u don't forget the u
0: right right there's you figure there's got to be some extra like silent letters or something in there somehow like but i guess that's how you always. know that, that's how you know it's an english show and not a welsh show <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the welsh would have like more oh yeah like like uh,
0: lots more consonants that you just don't pronounce oh okay that's what i'm saying Kaki hugh. Kaki hugh. <laughs> if you can add us with what show she just referenced <laughs> you'll win a great big no prize is what you'll win congratulations a hearty congratulations we'll shout you out we absolutely will
1: yes yes so yeah, so we're, we're watching Endeavor, which is a prequel. I'll read a little, couple little intros
0: for sure, you. Sure, Or please. a couple
1: log lines. Okay. One is really not really a log line because it would take more than an elevator <laughs> kind of trip to, to it's, read this to you. It's less theme, an elevator but... pitch
0: and more of an escalator pitch. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. So the first one is Endeavor is a British television detective drama series, which we just already told you. Right. It is a prequel to the long-running Inspector Morse, which started in 1987 British television and like that series it is set primarily in Oxford and they say primarily because sometimes they take little jaunts to London mm-hmm. or to Venice or <laughs> right
0: one brief interlude in Venice the there wasn't little... really a case there was I'm not yeah no there wasn't really a case there, there. They were it was just, just like oh he's a, a, a he's a he's a on holiday up. in Venice
1: yeah yeah making some memories
0: <laughs> uh, that that
1: was how this season. Oh, that, we're that is that is, is, is
0: almost as good a euphemism as interfered.
1: <laughs> totally. Okay. So a short log line for this show is set from 1965 to 1971. The show follows Endeavor Morse, as Endeavor is his first name. Right. Endeavor Morse in his early years as a police constable, working alongside his senior partner, DI Fred Thursday morse engages in a number of investigations around oxford and that is oxford the university with its 30 colleges excellent yes so the longer escalator version would you like that
0: yes hit us with the escalator version all
1: right series one. Oh, this is only series one
0: oh. but okay well, series one, series one zero, series, yeah.
1: follows the early police career of young endeavor morse i call it Muppet Babies.
0: <laughs> it's Muppet Baby Morse. Yeah,
1: Muppet Baby Morse. So young Endeavor... And, and I'm only saying that because of Muppet Babies, not because this guy is a Muppet. He is definitely the
0: He's much too skinny, much too skinny to of, be a Muppet.
1: Well, he's also the full-on opposite of...
0: What do you mean? How do you mean of that? Of
1: a Muppet. He is so not a Muppet. He's so serious. There's oh, no, gl- no Muppet there's as no like serious There's no serious kind of loosey-goosiness and, in him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, if anything, he's like the, the British Sam the Eagle because he's... Like sort of a semi-emotionless until he yeah. like gets his rage on and and he loves classical music. He is he can't ever like get it together with women and he drinks he is, too much.
0: He is Sam the Eagle. That's there you go. He, okay, so he's a Muppet Baby of Sam the Eagle. Done. Okay. Please continue.
1: Okay. <laughs> he follows the early police career of young Endeavor Morse, who upon leaving his Oxford college without a degree, spending time in the Royal Signal. Core, and eventually joining the Oxfordshire Police is transferred to CID attaining the rank of Detective Constable originally starting out his career at Cashel Newtown Police I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing any of that correctly Fair enough or Cashel Newtown See again Police. with the
0: consonants you just don't know how to do yeah. There, there is a little bit of Welsh in this
1: Maybe <laughs> Morse transfers to the Oxford City Police in 1965 following a murder investigation during the pilot episode while with the Oxford City Police, Morse is taken under the wing of veteran detective inspector Fred Thursday. Inspector Thursday names Morse his designated quote-unquote bag man and shows him the ropes as Morse begins to solve a string of complex murders, much to the envy and annoyance of some of his superiors, particularly Detective Sergeant Jakes, who turns out to not be a good guy, and yes, uh, I, yeah. Chief Superintendent Bright. Who we do end up liking. Although up liking. in the first series, he's a little.
0: Oh, yeah, he's very priggish mm, and standoffish yes, in that way where super. they need to provide some conflict. But eventually, if you're going to be on a long running series, everybody kind of arcs around to being a good guy because you've got to yeah. root for them, anyways.
1: You want to take out your bingo card?
0: Hit, hit me, I've got the bingo card ready. This Let's
1: go. is a crime drama mystery.
0: Okay, it's a crime drama mystery, but it's also period.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And it's also a prequilt. Yeah. So who had period and prequel on their thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this show, it premiered in the U.S. July 1st, 2012. Today we are watching Season Series (laughs) 7, Episode 3. And in this episode's long log line is, When Endeavor is called to investigate what at first appears to be a freak accident at Lady Matilda's college... He uncovers a potential link between a series of peculiar incidents across Oxford. This episode aired August 23rd, 2020 in the U.S., so during the pandemic.
0: Yes, last year. Last summer. Last summer, and one of the reasons that we know about this, so Yes. Jessica got us into watching Endeavor, Which is to say that Jessica's mother also got us into watching Endeavor because (laughs) she was a great big advocate for it. Shout out to the mother-in-law. Shout out to Mom Energy on this one. Yes. Um, But this was the show that kind of gave us the idea for the podcast.
1: Oh, yes, it did. Because the
0: one thing that one of the one of the stylistic conceits of the episodes is that they start out this episode. And before like a every piece starts with an opera opera piece or some other classical music piece which is i think something that they t- taken over from the original Morse series in the 80s so it all starts with an opera piece and there might be a performance there might just be shots of people going but but there's this orchestral opera piece going on and they show all the different characters in the episode in various little slices and snippets with no context and with no idea about who they are so you'll you'll meet all the characters in the teaser because it's just, they're playing the theme, they're playing some music, they're showing the credits and they're dropping in on all of these people's lives. And then yeah. at the end of the teaser, you've got a dead body and you're not even sure sometimes how you've gotten to the dead body. We're just like, here are all the people and then lights up on a body and you're like, oh, okay, what do we do here? But you've seen everybody and you've gotten a little bit of a flavor of who they are. And so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we've got zero clues. But we know who everybody is, so let's go ahead and guess. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so this is actually one of the one of the inspirations for the show. Yes. For that's the true.
1: And this episode, by the way, is called Zenana, which and I might not be pronouncing that correct. It's Persian. It literally means of the women or pertaining to women in the Persian language contextually refers to the part of a house belonging to a Hindu or Muslim family in the Indian subcontinent, which is reserved for the women of the household.
0: So as we said, this is a prequel for Endeavor Morse. He is our main character. He is the tortured police detective who just always wants to get things right and can never quite find his way with love. So his superior is Fred Thursday. And then there's Brightly, who is the captain of the police department. Brightly is like you said used to be an antagonist, now an ally. Brightly's wife is dying of cancer, but he's convinced, or she is convinced rather, that she can be uh, faith healed. So she has been working with some spiritual people this season to cure the cancer. Okay, so there's Strange who used to be who used to be endeavors like Endeavour used to be a little higher in rank than him, but Strange passed the exams before he did, so now Strange kind of outranks him to a certain extent.
1: Except for the fact that he full well knows that Endeavor that en- is a much better detective. Like yes. a brilliant intellectual and like a Sherlock Holmes right. like equivalent. And so he knows where he stands. Like yeah. he's okay with like Endeavor, it rubs in the wrong way to have to suck up to people sometimes right. or having to play the games to like the, to be political he hates with politics. people. Yeah, he hates office he politics. He hates it. But Strange is willing to do it and play it and and, and help out Morse because he knows that in his soul, he's a, a good he's guy. He's a stand-up guy. Yeah,
0: Yeah. And so also through this season, there have been one of the threads running through this season is that Endeavor has been having an affair. He went, at the beginning of the season, he went to Venice and he met this woman at an opera and they had a couple nights of passion and they both decided they weren't going to know anything about each other. They weren't going to have any questions. They were just going to enjoy this fling and that would be it. So they did. They enjoyed this fling in Venice and then they went away.
1: Back in Oxford, after his trip to Venice, and randomly, this man thwarts a mugging. Right. And...
0: And so endeavor on this man. It turns out
1: that they have some sort of maybe connection to each other from college. That yes, the man cl- maybe the maybe man claims that
0: there's a connection from college. Yeah. Endeavor doesn't remember him, but he definitely claims kinship with Endeavor. This gentleman keeps trying to get Endeavor to come over and meet his wife and see his house, and eventually Endeavor does. And wouldn't you know it, this man's wife is the same woman that Endeavor had an affair with in Venice. Oops. Yeah.
1: It takes his breath away because he like had this great experience with this woman. He's having all these flashbacks. He's having this great experience with this guy. He's just
0: finally feeling kinship. Yes.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Oh, shit. Now he's in the middle of a love triangle. Also in this season, another thing to know that one of the runners of this season has been that in addition to the individual murders happening in each of the episodes, there has been complicating things. There has been a towpath murderer. Mm-hmm. So there has been somebody who goes along the river with a sword, hidden in a cane, has been slicing people's necks, and I'm not sure if they're decapitating them, but they've definitely been slicing people's necks and murdering them along the river towpath. Yeah. Those are the main characters. I don't think there's anybody else we need to bring up to speed on. Well,
1: there is another character that I think... Think might show up in this episode, but maybe not. I hope she does because I'd like to talk about her later. Dorothy uh, Frezel who is the journalist. Oh right, yes, the journalist, editor of the paper. I believe she's Oxford. the
0: editor of the paper. Yes, I think she's editor by now.
1: She, yeah. So she may show up. She sometimes gives them tips. She's if- tart.
0: All right, we're gonna watch a watch a little bit of the little bit of the show here, and we'll be back. Yay. have officially watched too many murder mystery episodes <laughs> it's all, melting <laughs> it's all just melting together into one like horrible parade of coroners in quests
1: yes oh, oh my
0: god that's a category we need to put into the emmys we need to have a who is the best coroner contest yes oh my gosh we need to talk about like who has yes. the best zingers yes. who has the best science who has the best insight who likes to like yeah who, likes, who is sassiest? Who is our sassiest coroner? Sassiest coroner. Corner. Who is yeah, the coroner? Or who's medical like, examiner. Or medical examiner. <laughs> or any, the person who gives them information about the dead bodies. Like, who is the most dour? Who is the who is the drunkest? Yes. Who is the drunkest corner? Because let's be honest, there are some drunk coroners out there. people. Okay, <laughs> but before we do all of that, yes. before we do all that, we should talk about this episode. All right.
1: Okay, cut to
0: this episode. <laughs> this episode, here we go. Starts with the Four Seasons. There's a towpath there's trees there's a great big manor house then there's some gargoyles at oxford and then you're in oxford and you're in some hall at oxford you're in the women's college magdalena college there's a woman standing in front of a group of other women in this it's lecture not hall actually
1: magdalena college it's lady they call it lady matilda's college
0: oh lady matilda's college fair enough lady yes. matilda's college there is a woman arguing against letting men into their college And the woman is like, we can't let the barbarians into the castle. And here we are safe. Out there we are prey. And they cut from prey right to our dead body. There is another dead woman on the towpath. She's She's got bruising on her neck. And she also has, like, she's been, her neck has been sliced open. And she's bled out at the jugular. Just like all the other victims on the towpath. And someone has, it appears that someone tried to suck the blood from her neck. That so, is what the
1: coroner is saying, Doctor yeah. De Bruin.
0: Right, our sassy coroner. Yes, he's not sassy. What? How no, would you? No, he
1: can be sassy. He sometimes. He can be sassy sometimes. For okay. sure.
0: I think he's more. He's not irate. He's not an irate. No. He's not an angry coroner. No. He is a little. He is a little sassy. I can.
1: He respects Endeavor a lot mm-hmm. because Endeavor can keep all the details and figure out the puzzles, and. De Bruin happily like gives him the details because right. he's like, I know you'll be able to do something with this. Right. Whereas he kind give you of is suspicious of everybody else, who's just a bunch of, a lot of the he feels like the other policemen are just like kind of a bunch of thugs.
0: But we're on the towpath. The juggler's been cut. Um, the attacker tried to suck her blood. Strange is giving Morse a hard time because Morse has said in the first episode of the season they said that they caught the killer, and they did catch a killer. And he was the killer. It just wasn't this killer. There were two killers. Yes. And throughout the whole second episode, Morse kept saying, we caught him. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. We caught him. And that Strange kept getting angrier and angrier because Morse kept undercutting him. So there's tension between the two of them. And then there's a manor house and you kind of... You don't break into the house. Like, it's not a break in, like, the door opens and the camera kind of glides into the house, and there's lots of taxidermied animals and hunting equipment. But there's also a TV, and the TV is only getting static, and you look through a very fancy stained glass window, and there's this weird shadow that's doing things, and you're not sure what that is. Then they do break into a house, and Strange arrests Carl Sturgis for the murder of Bridget Mulcahy. We don't know what that's about. I'm imagining Bridget Mulcahy was the woman on the towpath, but Strange has just arrested Carl Sturgis for it. The next shot you go to is a ladder leaning against uh, the wall of a manor house, and there's an antenna fallen from the roof. Then you hear a judge talking about a ladder that was in bad repair. Then you see Morse examining photos. You're not really sure what the photos are of. And then, but the judge is still voiceover, and the judge says that he declares that there was nothing wrong. The ladder was in bad condition. There's a shot of this repairman climbing up a ladder, and as he's climbing up the ladder, his foot cracks on one of the rungs, and the judge says that this was just an accidental death. So, we have two dead bodies. We have a repairman outside of a manor home, and we have a woman dead at a towpath. We have a judge who says that this was an accidental death, not murder. Uh, and, we have, and then we have a woman who is arguing against letting men into a college. And then we have Carl Sturgis who's arrested. That's everything we know. That was three minutes, ladies and gentlemen. That, the teaser was over in three minutes. We saw all of that. I just want to point out this is a 90-minute show. So we're stopping at three minutes. There's 87 left. Do the math. That means that there's still eighty. There's 87 minutes left. 87 minutes is more than 24 minutes or 22 minutes that we had in Frankie Drake left. So I think that stopping this at three minutes with 87 minutes left more than makes up for the fact that we took 22 minutes to get to the body in Frankie Drake. I think I can let this go. I don't know who I'm defending this to. No one cares. <laughs> it's all made up. Let's do some guessing.
1: Okay. All right. So we know from the... Oh, I always go back to the log lines and the names of the episode, and then it leads me astray because it has nothing to do with anything. But it's so fun to try to read too much into anything. <laughs> so I think that, uh, so this is something to do with women.
0: Per women as victims, name. women as prey, but also like women at the college. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, The women's house, the women's part of the house, where they belong, where they can be safe.
1: Yeah, so this is, it just seems to me like that lady that he had the the fun times with in Venice, he keeps trying to break it off with her. I think she's going to get killed too.
0: Well, she's either going to get killed or she is the killer. It's like, which one do we think will twist the knife more in Endeavor? I think she's probably going to get killed, yes, because he's going to have this, this is like, this is, I think, finally kind of, like, the tragic backstory. I mean, yeah. where they're really getting into his whole, like, twist around women. So, yes, I think this is, this is like, the er. This is, like, yes. the the template for it all. So, yes, I do think she's going to die. And, spoiler alert, I'm just picking her husband straight through.
1: Yeah, as the towpath killer. Yeah,
0: absolutely, 100%. Yeah, because
1: they, they have laid him out as weirdly delightful like creepy and just a little too much
0: he's a little too too he's coming on a little too strong and he seems to know he's
1: really flirting hard with with, well hard but he is
0: he is no he he is definitely trying to seduce morse and not in a not in a Not in an erotic way, or at least I don't think in an erotic way. But he's really trying. Like it's one of those like the whole trope of like the villain taunting the hero because he's just like I know what you're going to do. I know every move before you make it. You think you can catch me? You can't catch me. I'm much too slick for you. That whole trope of like just dancing on the edge of danger, like kind of like daring the hero to get to him. And I think that's the trope that they're playing with on this. Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah.
0: For the past two episodes that and now leading into this one if we both think that ludo is the killer yeah great there we go we're locking in that guess we both think that ludo is the towpath killer it's certainly not this carl sturgis guy like he's just some rando thursday has been
1: on his him since the first he's the first episode he's been like carl did it carl did it carl had some knowledge and he was like trying to stay away from this whole thing but it's it's him it's him it's him it's him
0: yeah okay if we're locking in that Ludo is our toe path killer, which I think we're both pretty convinced that he's a toe path killer. Yeah. We need some other bets. What are we gonna guess on? What are our other bets? Like are yeah. there another trope that we could play with on all these things is that so one, there's the trope of a villain who's always like who's just toying with our hero. But there's also the trope of competing villains. Of like one villain who's getting, who thinks that the other villain is getting too much attention and so he starts trying to murder things in a different way to get more attention. Like we thought that maybe it was just some like one sociopath out there killing people on the towpath, but maybe we're like, okay, that's just so de classe. I'm going to murder people and no one will ever know that they've even been murdered. That's how much better I am than you, other murderer.
1: Maybe they've crossed paths.
0: Maybe they have.
1: Game sees game.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. Game sees game. Maybe there are like two different murderers, like in competition.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am going to say there are going to be maybe two other peculiar incidents that are not just murder. Oh, not just oh. Do we need? Do we need, a, do we
0: need to have a prop bet murders? on how many more murders there's going to be? Then? Yeah, I think we do. Okay. I'm going to say two. You're going to say two more, more murders? Clearly, yes.
1: Yeah. Well, no, three. I'm gonna say three.
0: Three more murders. Yes,
1: because I also think, and I don't know if I said this earlier, but I think that Ludo's wife, Endeavor's,
0: Endeavor's paramour,
1: paramour is going to get it.
0: Yeah, you did say that, but I see what you're saying. So yes, so three more, three more bodies in this episode because a
1: total of five for a body count of five. Right, because
0: we've already got two. We've already got two deaths in this episode. Okay, so a body count of five. Yeah. Okay.
1: That is my prop bet. And I think the murder... I think there's going to be two more murders that are going to be peculiar. Like, so there's going to be this... There's already this repairman who fell off a roof. Mm -hmm. There's the towpath murder in this episode where her blood was sucked, which has not happened in any of the previous episodes. Right, that was completely new, yeah. This is weird and new. So it is kind of peculiar. And then I think there are going to be two more peculiar murders, maybe related to the school and vampires so
0: weird that they would go that way oh my god robert Uh, pattinson is an is a guest in this episode isn't he you're not you're not telling me because you've done the imdb research but robert pattinson's (laughs) and robert pattinson or um oh no oh my god it's bella Bella is finally going to college and getting her degree. Kristen Stewart. Oh, she went across the pond to get her degree. Good for her. And back in time. Back in time. Across the the pond and back in time. (laughs) So magical. So magical.
1: Yes. (laughs) So I think the murderer is not Carl.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's clearly not Carl.
1: I think Ludo... I think Ludo is the towpath murderer. OK. But the sucking of the blood thing?
0: That also makes me wonder if there is a second murderer who's trying to capitalize. You know what I mean? And the towpath murderer is not just against women,
1: either. I don't think that this is a like a gender-based thing.
0: The towpath killer is not a gender-based.
1: OK. Maybe. I mean, it, it, with the porn reader chef in the first episode, maybe it's, it's, it is with sexual. With the porn reading chef. The f- porn in the park. Yeah. <laughs> porn in the park with George. <laughs> that, is, that is
0: your local orchestra's newest attempt to get more people coming to their shows. Porn in the park with your local orchestra, with the Philharmonic.
1: And your local chef.
0: (laughs) All the best food trucks. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) We've got food trucks and porn. Come on down for porn in the park with your Philharmonic. (laughs) A grand night out for the whole family.
1: Why isn't that a thing?
0: (laughs) Oh, I can think of several
1: laws. (laughs) I mean, maybe they had it in the valley (laughs) at some point. Porn porn in the park.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) Um... That's called the Folsom Street Fair. (laughs) oh dear okay we've gone off got, okay so have we <laughs> train on the rails <laughs> back on
0: track okay well I need to come up with a guess so that's your guess so you're ulti- but I
1: just I haven't really figured out a murderer I need you to Ludo.
0: like you said Ludo I think Ludo's behind off but Ludo is a if Ludo is a, a total killer murderer. and he's bumping off the people because they've been witnessing things yeah then okay. he's behind it
1: all yeah so he's the peculiar murderer he murders he's the murdering he's the TV all the murderers he's and then there's something else peculiar that's gonna happen murder and then to- and more, I think his wife is pe- going to be murdered. Two more
0: peculiars, according to your body count.
1: Yeah. Yeah, two more peculiars and his wife.
0: And his wife, yeah.
1: Are going to die. Okay. And so I I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing to think of is that he, it, yeah, I guess I'm going to say him. He did it all.
0: He's doing it all. And he's... <laughs> Ludo, the serial killer who can do it all. So the only other people that we haven't talked about in this that it could possibly be would be the woman the woman who was arguing against going co-ed and I like at first I thought it was just meant to tell you that like she has a crowd and she has people behind her but I'm wondering more like that shot of like one of those women in that shot is going to be more important leading on maybe Ludo is apprenticing someone and he's got like one of these like young tarts I won't call them tarts he's got one of these young ladies wrapped around his finger and he's grooming her and she's going to be the one who kills his wife or or it's just some very bored very bored groundskeeper at the college who decides that he wants to kill a bunch of his colleagues (laughs) he's just like i've never liked the way you've repaired tv antennas you're dying You swiped my lunch from the refrigerator that one day. You're dying. (laughs) You didn't clean up the chairs correctly after the orchestra had their concert on the lawn. You're dying. Yeah. Or there is one of those ladies who have murder in her heart and she is trying to attract him by doing all of these killers and seeing if he is smart enough to figure it out. Yes. Uh. I have
1: always wished I knew when I watched this show... I always wish that I knew more opera mm-hmm. because I always want to put...
0: You're always convinced there's clues in the opera. Yeah.
1: There never is.
0: There never is. But
1: I always think that there should be. <laughs> and yeah.
0: Somehow it should be thematically linked.
1: Yeah. that there, It's like the B story or something. Yeah. That
0: Somehow if we knew opera, we'd get the clue and we'd completely understand everything yeah. right away. Yeah. Okay. So you're going with Ludo, Ludo. Ludo. I'm going to say that there are two separate murder tracks happening in this. Okay. Ludo is one uh-huh. and the one of the women in the college also murdering as well. That's where I'm going to go on this. Um, in terms of the over, under or how many bodies I think mm-hmm. they're going to be, it's hard. I think five is a really good point. Because, like you said, like we've got two bodies already. If there's going to be a string of murders, I think there's going to be a bunch of them. Then it needs to be at least two more, if not more. But I don't know that they could do more than two more bodies in ninety minutes. That would just begin to seem a little obsessive and comedic. But I think, I think he is going to investigate, and he's going to find that there are even, like, like that there are even more bodies that they've missed that have been declared accidents. Oh, so yeah. I think there's going to be at least at least four more bodies in the past that are going to become linked to this. So I'm going to put, and I'm going to include those in my body count. So I'm going to include my body count at eight. Wow. And I'm also going to say, totally unrelated, I do think that Thursday and his wife will be reunited and I can almost guarantee that they will be walking happily down the towpath by the end of this episode. Oh, wow. I do think that will happen. Okay. I think that's that's on the way. After all their strife? After all their strife.
1: Is Bright's wife going to make it through this episode? Oh, no.
0: Bright's wife is... Bright's... Oh, my God. So, yeah, add her to the body count. (gasps) Oh. Do you want to go up five? I'm going to take it to nine.
1: Dang. Yeah, nine
0: bodies in this episode.
1: I think she's going to make it.
0: You think she's going to make it?
1: Yeah, because she made it into this season. I thought she was I thought she was dead at the end of last season. Yeah, but and this and she yeah. was and then all, then all of a sudden we're in the bedroom or in the, you know, front room her with house, her in house, yeah. And and she's being visited by this holy holy or I mean this person she was, you know, praying, yeah, the it, away. Healer, praying it away. Faith healer, praying it away. So, yeah, I was surprised she made it to this season.
0: Okay. All right. So we've got nine bodies, two killers.
1: Well, that's your guess.
0: That's my guess. My guess is nine bodies, two, two killers. killers, one happy couple.
1: One happy couple. Okay. Ux. I just don't think that Thursday's, like, is going to be happy at the end. I think he's going to personally be happy because this murder is going to be solved. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be solved the way he thinks it is. Oh, no, no, right no. no. Absolutely not. Because right he has yeah, he's, got, he's,
0: he's He's got the wrong idea entirely about how this murder is going to end. But I think that he's going to be, in the end, I think he's going to be vanquished and he's going to once again feel, not in a bad way, but feel virile and like, no, I am competent. I am doing the right thing. He got so undercut by Morse and he felt really, really defeated and wounded. He felt very betrayed by Morse doing that to him. I just think at the end of this, like whether or not they're a happy couple, I think he's going to have his moment of being able to feel like a gallant knight, as somebody doing the right thing.
1: That's why he's a copper. Is he? he he's
0: trying to make, to make the world a better Absolutely place. He want to make the
1: world a better place, and and safer. Um, okay. His methods are okay.
0: So here's here's the thing. How do we think these strange murders are going to happen? So we got two more murders, two more strange murders that are going to happen, and I a say possibly man. four in the background, unrelated strange coincidences. We've got one happening from a guy falling off a ladder. I say another one is somebody's tea kettle exploding.
1: <gasps> Whoa! Yeah,
0: I think another one is. I think another one is going to happen around tea. A tea kettle exploding. Uh, I think another one will happen when the washing. Somehow in the washing, someone is going to get like electrocuted or drowned or strangled. Those are my two guesses about it. What are the weird coincidences for your two deaths?
1: Um, I think that
0: can't be aliens. <sighs>
1: fine um i think that somebody is going to be rolled over by their car
0: oh okay that's a good one i, I like that
1: i i don't know yet how it's going to happen but okay. i think a teacher is going to get it
0: somehow a teacher so you've got so you've got a teacher and somebody getting rolled oh, over oh a by teacher car.
1: eats an apple
0: oh a okay. poison apple poison apple okay poison it, well, apple car
1: they didn't really know it was poison so it can't be purposeful it has to look peculiar yeah and we have a vampire thing going on. We have
0: some on. vampire thing happening, right?
1: Uh, sucking blood. It's so weird. Maybe there's a werewolf theme. <laughs>
0: Maybe... Somebody eats too much garlic.
1: Yeah, or their dog. Or their is
0: dog. Yes, their dog really bites them. Bites or Bites
1: them and they die.
0: Or they like get tangled up in a leash or something. Something with dogs. And what was the other one you said? Ooh, car. Car running over them.
1: Car, car running over them and then the person falling off the... Ladder, which we've already seen. So right, that's yeah. part of the account.
0: All right. Well, we've got lots of guesses on the table here, people. And uh, we're going to watch the rest of the show. We'll tell you what happens. Ooh. Right. I think <laughs> looking looking at the end of this season, at the end of this episode, I think we can confidently say that that was one of the bloodiest episodes ever. Like the body count on that without was... Without
1: being gory. Without being gory. But bl- the body count The was. body count was off the charts. Just, <laughs> yeah. all, I
0: mean, worse than a slasher movie, yeah, that body count worse in worse than
1: like Jack the Ripper, I'm pretty sure.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, l- 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 yes, it was Ludo, but... The lovely twist, we're going to spoil it, people. If you're not ready to be spoiled, you better turn it off now. The spoiler was, yes, we got Ludo right, but for the completely the wrong crimes. Yes. Oh my God, Ludo had nothing to (laughs) to do. do
1: With the towpath murders. Nothing to do
0: with the towpath murders. Zero. It was, Ludo was the guy behind all the accidental deaths. It was all insurance fraud. Yes. He was a bad, bad man.
1: Oh my God, He was a bad,
0: bad man.
1: And we don't even know to like... The full extent really what we found right. out is that D- D- Dortia, Fa- or Dorothea or Dorothea the newspaper editor writer Dorothea Frazel finds out that she's the one who actually, actually we find out that first of all she has gone to Morse sort of in and, previous episodes in previous evidence, and like I think this is weird I have no proof but this is the weird stuff going on yeah there's and, too many
0: accidental deaths happening yeah and there's you should accidents. look into it
1: and he's like okay um fine or, I don't know how, how he takes it, but in this episode, at least, he was kind of fine about it. But then, after he's kind of digging into it, but not finding anything, and he said he's been shut down, he tells her that he's been shut down, basically. Well, he says it more diplomatically than that, but... She's. She gives him another folder of twelve from another twelve, town. Yeah. And that's just another. Well, another area, like another three towns.
0: Yeah. There's another three towns like, that it's happening. There's all in... the
1: rest of England. Yeah. That this guy could be doing this to.
0: Okay. Okay. It's true. By the way, sure, yes. and his
1: insurance company is like California Annuity or something, <laughs> and I was like, why you gotta be pulling California into this? <laughs> what? the deal <laughs> I don't remember that all right
0: yeah why are you gotta do that man Just...
1: maybe it's because it like may, you know because sometimes this fake crime tv crime is based on real crime maybe it was like Omaha mutual <laughs> 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 or I mean no slander on Omaha actual right. mutual but maybe they were like we have to stay far doing, away like, from Omaha yeah 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 so oh. they went to California mutual or something <laughs> or yeah anyway
0: but we should talk about we should talk about how we got there how we got to all this I have, like, eight pages of notes, so I'm going to try... We're going to stop a little bit to, like, dig into some of these places, because there's some...
1: Oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah. So the Towpath murderer...
0: Yes. Oh, the Towpath murderer...
1: Was Carl all the time. It was,
0: in fact, Carl Sturgis. Yes, it was absolutely Carl Sturgis. But they Fred was totally right. Totally.
1: He he was totally right. It was a gut For all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. He had zero proof of it. And so when... Well, you'll get to this, but... Carl, I'll just say it. Sure. So Carl, you know everybody, all the judges are like, "You have no proof," and so they throw him. They they let him go, and his lawyer, you know, says they have no proof against him, and so he goes free.
0: And And they don't. They don't have any proof. And they
1: don't have any proof until
0: until the very end, and they realize. So so Fred does in fact. Get his win. Yes. He gets his win at the end. He was right, even though Morse was undercutting him. He gets to appear triumphant in this. Morse gets to be triumphant in him chasing down all this insurance thing that he's been warned off against. And in the end, they get to be bros and realize that they do love each other and appreciate each other, and each is good in their own way.
1: Yeah, so they need each other. They need each other. They realize they need each other. Yeah, to
0: be a good, to be a whole complete. They
1: find out that Carl Sturgis did it because of some other research. Totally unrelated. Because that of the insurance Morse is yeah. doing to figure out some of the other. Th- I mean, he's he's sort of seeing that there might be a connection, but it's really vague. Yeah. He actually sends Strange to go research the insurance thing, and that's how they find out about Carl Sturgis. But yeah, it's so crazy, and I just want to. There's a phrase in a yeah. very famous musical, my favorite musical of all time. Oh dear. Which is "You're nothing without me." and i will bring that up because it is super relevant okay. to this it's what? i mean it's relevant to this episode like it's the whole theme really of this se- of this season i sure. think but certainly this episode but um is that it's crazy? relevant for you? no that's in City of Angels. Oh,
0: of course, City of Angels. Yes. Oh, Which
1: will, I will talk to you yeah, about can, how that's I th- relevant. I think
0: how I think I can I think I can get there, but I see I see where you're going, Hurt. Okay. All right, but let's go. Let's go. In, we're gonna dive into these notes. We're gonna try and make it interesting, and I'm gonna jump over whole leaps and bounds here, people, because there's just too much to go into. Yeah, yeah. The, you gotta summarize. It's so, an
1: hour and a forty-five minute show, or uh, hour, hour and, and a
0: half, half. Hour and a half. So yeah. It's Anyways, it's a whole movie. It's a whole movie. It's a whole movie. You're you don't want that. We don't want to do that. So, here we go. So, yes, they do some investigating. Morse and Thursday are at odds with each other. Morse, because he thinks he's smarter than everybody, and he doesn't think that Sturgis did it, even though they've arrested him, and he thinks that Fred is just going off on his gut and not being intellectual. Meanwhile, Fred is angry at Morse, because Morse still is going after these accidents that everyone's just like, they're accidents. He's like, they're not accidents. There are accidents. No, yes, no, yes. Anyways, doesn't matter, because there is another towpath killing. And at the yeah. towpath killing, they're like, oh, well, it couldn't be Sturgis. We need to let Sturgis go. Meanwhile, though, Fred and Morse are so upset with each other that they get into this fight. It's straight up like, they don't end up punching each other, I but they get into this really nasty like insult fight yes. right by the body. Oh and the corner gosh. the corner is just <laughs> like Dr. the corner DeBrun. calls them out. He's <laughs> yes. just like, you, people are just, oh my God, he gets so indignant. Yeah, it's a beautiful He's like, moment. So
1: disrespectful So
0: disrespectful. And strange is it's it's and,
1: a, and before that I just so the, yeah, two great quotes that come out of this. I mean, his whole speech, I I'm gonna put it in an Instagram, I think. Sure. Because it's just so good. I don't know, it's just a good dad speech. It's I a guess. great dad speech, <laughs> and we
0: need to have we need to add like indignant score to our like <laughs> coroner. Like
1: Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> I just loved this. This is where I was like, oh, this is the theme that we're having here when Endeavour says, you need me. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah. He says, I am your bag man, not your yes man.
0: Ooh, that's right. That was a great line.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. <laughs> it was a great quote. It was a
0: great scene. At the end of that scene, Morse and Fred are like staring at each other and Morse is just like, great, I'll leave. I'll find yeah. I'll find a new post someplace else. They're breaking up the band, people. Yes. He's going he's gonna to go find a new <laughs> no. job. Meanwhile, Morse is still sleeping with Violetta and now they have begun rendezvousing at one of Violetta's friends' house, her friend is a dancer who has been off in Beirut and will be back in the new year. So for now, they have this little love nest and Morris is just like, we should tell him we're in love. We should tell him. She's like, we can't, we can't. I don't know how to do it. I think he'll be more upset at losing you. Anyway, she just keeps putting him off and Morse is lovesick. He's just all like totally in love with Violetta. Um, but Violetta keeps putting him off, putting him off and you're like, oh, Morse, Oh, warning bells, Morris. Come on, man. You should see this stuff. But he doesn't. He's besotted. Meanwhile, another meanwhile. So many meanwhiles. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Another murder, another accidental murder has happened, this time at St. Matilda's College.
1: It was like a murder every minute.
0: Yeah. So this one, so if you remember, in the beginning, there was a woman, Maggie, who was arguing that they shouldn't allow men into St. Matilda's. One of her co-teachers is named Nancy. She was getting a book off a top shelf on a ladder in a library in the middle of the night and the ladder broke and she fell and hit her head and died.
1: And they find out when interviewing that she, you know, what well, does she have any enemies? What's she been doing anything? Has she been doing anything? Like, well, oh no, she she's here, she does she's an orphan, she has no family, she just bought a house on her own, but of course she had to cash in her insurance policies. In order to pay pay for for the house, for the down payment. And then everyone's sort of like, what? Oh, that's interesting information to just toss off.
0: Meanwhile, they have discovered that since there was this next girl who's died, they let Sturgis out. Fred's upset, but Brightly is able to feel better about it, Captain Brightly, because his wife is coming home from America, where she has had a successful cancer treatment. There's a press conference about Sturgis coming out, Morse is there skulking about, and he meets with Dorothea, the reporter, and the reporter gives him, this is where the reporter gives him 12 more accidental deaths. Something is going on. Yeah, from This is town. bonkers. One of which, including a man falling from a balcony, um, strangely enough, he still had a life insurance policy, but his wife did not. His wife had just sold hers. So the life insurance policy paid out. But again, something weird with insurance happening and all these deaths. Morse for whatever reason goes and visits Miss Tate.
1: Yeah, maybe she would have she would have some psychic weird clue to reveal to him and instead she is a basket case. She
0: is bonkers. She has like a room with like tin fo- aluminum foil on the windows and a picture of a werewolf painted on the wall and crucifixes everywhere and she's trying to keep the werewolf in she sees the werewolf she, she is knows haunted them. she's haunted by, by the werewolf
1: these visions and she is ju- she quit her job she's become a complete recluse yeah. and is she's a
0: basket case totally she's just frightened. and you learn that this is because she had an abusive childhood she like she was abused as a kid by some other relatives and cousins of yeah, hers yeah which she shares which she shares
1: she says that the she her parents died and I'm not sure if it was the war or anyway, so she went to go she and her her brother and sister went to go live in a some family friends place who had a gigantic pub, but no one survived she in a fire. There was a fire. She was 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 the only one. She was
0: blamed for this fire. She was the only one who survived. So traumatic, abusive childhood. It's no wonder she's a basket case. Meanwhile, the ladies at the college are getting even angrier that the towpath murder is still about, and they have promised to do something about this. So that night, there is also a full moon, and there's a lady walking alone on the towpath. Someone's whistling behind her and comes up and attacks her. Suddenly, a mob of women are there, and they start to attack him, and he runs off, and they're chasing him and trying to capture him, and as he's running off, he gets hit by a car and put into a coma, and all the ladies are much like, that's right. We protect ourselves because you couldn't do it. The cops couldn't do it. So now they're all convinced that this person who they have caught trying to attack another girl is the towpath killer. And this time, they finally, really, truly have gotten the towpath killer, which is especially borne out because it's the same gentleman who found the body of the first woman who was murdered by the towpath killer. So like, oh, yes, it must be him. And
1: apparently his apartment is covered with news clippings from the towpath killings.
0: Right. Right. But what Morse finds out is that a he was whistling he wasn't whistling O Antonio he was whistling a different song, so Morse goes to Fred and said it wasn't O Antonio he's not the guy you've got it wrong again and they have another huge blow up fight and Fred is just like that's it you're done you're done with everything you're not investigating the towpath case you're not investigating this insurance case Morse is like I used to respect you Fred is like you used to be somebody and they totally like this relationship is just in the gutter it's in shatters it's in shreds so morse is feeling badly and morse feels even worse when he has lunch with ludo and violetta and violetta has spilled it all to ludo and ludo like lays it on him he lays it on morse he's just like i like i found out about this you are a viper in the grass you are just a horrible horrible person and morse is like well this is great you know i'm really sorry i didn't mean to hurt you but violetta now that he knows you can come with me We can be together. We can be happy. Mm -hmm. And Ludo just sneers at him and he's just like, she is used to everything. And you, just a policeman, she's coming with me. And Violetta sits there between the two of them. Morse puts out his hand. Ludo puts out his hand. And Violetta chooses Ludo. Mm -hmm. Morse is just gutted. Gutted. Mm -hmm. So gutted that he wanders around Oxford looking morose. And they even have a scene of him looking out of a window that's raining on. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, did they... I'm not sure you're allowed to do this after friends made fun of this. But okay, sure. But they do. It's a very classic, like, okay, yes, he's sad. There you go. More sad news comes in at the precinct. Brightly's wife is dead. She was hanging Christmas lights and got electrocuted. So, you know, on the one hand, I guessed electrocuted. On the other hand, I was very definite that it had to do with the washing. So no points for that.
1: But I was right.
0: <laughs> Nile But I was very right that Mrs. Brightly was not going to last the episode. I, of course, also thought that she was going to die of cancer. But nope, they killed her off because she was electrocuted by Christmas lights. Morse, however, can't let the bone go. He's figured out the insurance scam. The insurance scam works because somebody sells off their insurance policy to this company for an advance on it. And meanwhile, they will pay this other company. Well, the other company the company they sold it to if they kill the person then they get even more money but they don't know exactly who it's all in and they don't have all the details on it yet so Morse and strange decide to split up and figure out what they can figure out they're gonna they separate the cases out and they're gonna meet up at the house where the repairman was killed fixing the antenna on the roof mm-hmm. Morse goes and investigates the family behind the girl who's having the visions and her past and reala- and learns that yes her family was a bunch of crazy people. Her brother was incredibly violent, blinded dogs with lie, like was horrible with pets, abused her, and was just a mean bugger. They were happy to, when he died, but they also realized that he, the brother who was a real piece of work, was just like his grandfather. And
1: whose last name is Sturgis? Sturgis. Oh. oh so
0: Morse is suddenly like, oh shit. Maybe this, it was Sturgis who was doing all of this. And he's like, oh crap. And wouldn't, so he's like, I got to go meet up with Strange because I just figured all this out. So Strange goes to this house where the antenna repair man lived and who's there? Who knew? But Sturgis, why is Carl Sturgis there? Who knows? But he's there. He's just found a nice, it's a friend of a friend's house. He just found this place to hole up. So he's like, okay. So they're having this like little talk and tense chat about things, and while he pre- while Stur just prepares some coffee for Strange to pre- act like everything's all fine, he starts whistling and he starts whistling "Oh Antonio," and Strange is like "Oh crap," and he hears something upstairs, so Strange takes off to investigate what's upstairs. He's got the girl, I forget her name, the girl with Jenny visions. Jenny Tate. Jenny the Tate, the girl, girl with visions. visions from the She's first tied episode. up from the first episode, and that Morris was trying to protect and has the visions of the werewolves in this episode. She's tied up in the room upstairs. As Strange is trying to set her free, Carl Sturgis comes up with the same knife that's been decapitating people on the towpath, stabs Strange. Morse is just coming up as this happens. He sees that in the window. He comes in, he and Sturgis fight. He ends up throwing Sturgis down some stairs where Sturgis breaks his neck and dies. Yeah. And they understand it all. And there you go. Sturgis was the serial killer. Morse was wrong. Fred was right. It was Sturgis all along, even if they didn't understand it. Fred doesn't make too big a deal out of it, but it's clear that like Morse is repentant in, in that moment. Their relationship isn't repaired, but at least mm, yeah. Morse could admit that that had happened. And Fred is like, well, what were you even doing here? And Morse is like, bzz, 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 reasons. But you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. The murder's done. There's still 20 minutes left in the show. So Morse does some more research. He's looking through his papers and everything that uh, Dorothea gave him about all these other cases of people who had died. And he finds out that one of the people who had died in a freak accident when a bookshelf fell on her was a dancer recently returned from Beirut. Huh. Yeah. What do you know? That's kind of like the love nest lady. So he goes back to the love nest and searches the love nest and finds that, yes, Ludo, Ludo, whatever his last name's company, had been the one to insure her. Or not insure her, to buy her insurance policy. Yeah. So he puts it all together and he's like, it, it's Ludo. Ludo is behind all of this. Yeah. So Morse has figured it out. But he's on the outs with everybody. The only thing he can do is confront Ludo and Violetta himself and try to save Violetta. So he knows that she spends every New Year's in Venice. So he packs up his tuxedo and he heads to Venice. He's gonna confront them. But not before he has sent Fred a packet of all of his research and all of the clues so Fred now believes that Morse was right about the insurance claim, and Fred goes racing after Morse. And it's also great. It's like, it was one of those great little moments where it just like there's that scene at the end of every rom com where like the guy's like running through the streets of New York <laughs> to get to his girl. And It's like Fred, you're like, go, Fred, go! go. Tell Morse you love him. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: <laughs> and he, so yes, Morse goes to Venice. There's some shenanigans. They end up in a graveyard. Ludo is holding a gun on Violetta to try and get a, to get away. Morse drops his gun so they can escape so that Viol- to save Violetta's life. Ludo is about to run away when he's like, plans change, and he shoots Violetta anyways. But before he can get away, Fred chases him down and shoots him, and Violetta dies in Morse's arms, thus cementing his doomed love. Yes, for all time.
1: for all time.
0: And that and, is where this episode ends, with yeah. her dying in his arms.
1: And there's an opera playing right. while this is all happening in the graveyard yes. on the edge it's of a Benesky an And um, Go on,
0: gloat about the opera. It's
1: La Traviata, where the lead character's name is Violetta. So it's <laughs> so sort of similar to this ending and that he, as she is dying, as Violetta is dying in Endeavor's arms, having... Um, taken the shot from Ludo and then she died and then she tells him no I did actually love you yeah, this was, was real. all real I promise you I did really love you and he is heartbroken the thing that I like about this ending too again there's you know you're nothing without me you need me mm-hmm. is that the the tension between and I don't know that I really got into this in the, in our beginning recording but the tension between Thursday's way of policing, which is considered like the old world where you go and you beat up a witness or to, in order a to hunch, get them... You a beat
0: up a witness to get a confession. It's less about or... science and deduction and more about just like, yeah. of course it was this person. Go bang on him until he admits to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's it's real, you know, shake the baby kind of, <laughs> you <laughs> know, very <laughs> capital punishment-y, <laughs> very, you know, knuckles and fists kind of policing.
0: Sometimes you need the just the person who's going to get a little dirty and get things done yeah
1: sometimes you need the tank yeah and Thursday is kind of the tank of this of this episode in the end and so and it's a great the director does this great um Inner cut. Inner cut, which is sort of stained glassy looking of like the opera with Thursday with Oh yeah,
0: the the whole gunfight uh, very much, dying
1: with the it, with violette in his arms.
0: And it's although even the stage out I mean, it's in a cemetery, it, there's yeah. lights, there directional lights, there's smoke coming from everywhere. Like it's it is almost it is just as operatic as the opera that they're intercutting with. Like it's yeah. very much meant to like kind of be one and the same.
1: Yeah. So it's really beautiful and I think it, it shows the the, again like it's two sides of the coin or whatever yeah. like they're, they' they need each other.
0: Absolutely. They absolutely need each other. Absolutely,
1: but
0: it's time to talk about the body count.
1: Oh, <laughs> our prop bets. Our, our
0: prop bets. Let's talk about the prop bets here. So the first thing, let's talk about let's talk about body count on this. Okay. Because Jessica had five yeah. and I had nine, and it, there
1: were twenty. There were
0: twenty, <laughs> including people from the past. There were twenty. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so I hope you took the over on that one. <laughs> Woo! So. There we go. We didn't win any of those prop bets. Didn't do so great on this episode, people. <laughs> but then we also said that, well, we, we guessed that Ludo would do it. But we also guessed that Ludo was behind the killings. So, like, we were just wrong. I mean, we were right in the fact that Ludo was the main villain and behind yeah. it all. We just didn't have, like, which the main villain absolutely was. We thought yes. the main villain was a towpath. As opposed to the insurance investigation. So yeah. I don't think we can take points for guessing Ludo.
1: I don't think so either. Yeah. It would it was, be like, you know, percentages or like
0: Yeah, no moral victories. There's no moral victories Digital. and there are no half yeah. points in this league. Don't get half <laughs> points. So there you go. That's how the guessing went. Now it's time to find out all about the IMDb.
1: Do we want to talk about the Prop, the Logic Cop prop thing?
0: <laughs> Bring it, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yes, well, please.
1: I don't know Ooh. if I really want to call out a prop person because what the hell do I know? But when Morris makes it to Venice, he it receives an oh my god, envelope yes. under the door. Oh my god, yes. This is this inside, is part of Violetta
0: Violetta agrees to give up Ludo to him and so that she can escape.
1: Yes. He gets an envelope pushed under his door and he opens it up and it has a piece of paper in it with a beautiful map. It is so neat. The colors are like all these shades that I'm like, that's got to be RGB, like, not existing in 70s. It
0: was totally a Photoshop document that they laser printed out. It was yes. hilarious. And, like,
1: you know, was somebody wrote on it, yeah, 1700. But you're like, that, that, here that, is,
0: that is way too glossy to have come from 1970s. Yeah. Somebody had was, this. It was so perfect. It was, hala- it was clearly prop department. It's just like, oh, Photoshop. Shit, we need something. There you go. Print it out. Here's a laser printer. There yeah. you go.
1: <laughs> I mean, unless maybe that is true from the 70s that they had stuff like that. But I really don't think that they did. No. Even if
0: they did... this. This was clearly something that got printed out on a laser printer.
1: All right, so I'm moving on to IMDb. Please do. Well, we have to talk. I'm about going sh- to
0: sit back and wait for this, people, because she has been giggling maniacally, <laughs> doing all of this research. She has just been like erupting into guffaws. So please bring it.
1: Bring it. All right. Well, we first of all, we cannot not talk about. Sean Evans, who plays Endeavor Morse. He plays Baby Morse <laughs> in this prequel.
0: <laughs> Baby Muppet Morse.
1: Yeah. So he's known for Cashback, Being Julia, a movie called Gone, which I looked up. He plays uh, the, the half of a British couple that is, it, it runs into, while they're traveling in Australia, runs into an American who is psychotic.
0: Oh, lovely!
1: And it's gotten all sorts of one stars <laughs> in the reviews. And, oh, Sean! Um, I I don't think it's him. There were tons of movies called Gone, so that's why yeah. I looked it up because I was like, which Gone movie is this? And but it's so weird to me that like they're in Australia. It's like an English-speaking. Is it? Right. Is this a like an allegory for colonialism or something? I think it was
0: just a cheap place to shoot. Maybe.
1: But I mean an American, a psychotic American traveling in in Australia runs into a British couple in well, Australia. I,
0: I think I think that is just all about the fact that no one would believe that an American in any European country could speak any other language. So let's just put them in Australia so like at least you wouldn't have <laughs> trouble talking to people. Because everyone knows Americans don't speak anything other than English. Okay.
1: He has directed for Endeavour. He directed the first scene of or first episode of this series and Then he also has directed for a show called Casualty, which is sort of like an ER ER-type soap opera show. I also wanted to mention, of course, he is a British actor, so he does a lot of theater in the West End. And one of the shows he did, he played Kurt Cobain in a play called Kurt and Sid, about Kurt Cobain and Sid Vicious from The Sex Pistols, written by Roy Smiles. And I totally want to see this. I'm like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) That that sounds... I'm sorry. That sounds pretty horrible. Like. I am there. I, I would uh, absolutely see it, but let's be honest. It well, sounds it pretty kind horrible. Kind of like
1: reminds me of Nikki goes goth, or
0: it reminds me of those. It reminds me of those photos of babies playing jazz, or the like. Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas babies, like with their like golf equipment near them, is what it reminds me of It's Just like look at these two punk icons meeting in heaven and discussing what it means oh, to be a guitarist. Oh my
1: gosh! Oh <laughs> no, no, no! Not Nikki goes goth. It reminds me of Matt and Ben. The movie or the 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 play that Mindy Kaling got picked up for, interestingly, there's of course they're British actors or I mean they're actors, so everybody's like interweaving in interesting ways in each other's careers. Sure. So Endeavor was not the first time that Roger Allen and Sean Evans, Roger Allen plays Thursday. Okay. It's not the first time that they Roger Allen
0: played played Sid Vicious. No, No.
1: No. It's not the first time that they have played police colleagues. Oh! Alum played Detective Superintendent McIntosh, and Evans played PC Kevin Hales in Season 2 of Ashes to Ashes, which was a 2008 show. So okay. prior to Endeavor, they had already been had already on been screen together. Buddies. Yeah. So talking about Roger Alum, Roger Allen, we... Oh, my God. I uncovered so much. I... Freaking love this guy's career. So Roger Allen was on Game of Thrones. He what? was in the first couple seasons. He played Elario Mopatis. And he is the guy that sets up the wedding between Daenerys and Carl Drogo. Seriously?
0: Yes, that's him. Oh my him. god, okay.
1: So Roger Allen was on Game of Thrones. Anton Lesser was on Game of Thrones. Yes. But later years, because he played... The doctor, scary yes, Frankenstein Doctor. Yes, the scary
0: Frankenstein Doctor. Oh, um, he was so good at that. Yeah, he
1: was super creepy. They also starred together in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> what? On Stranger Tides. And although they didn't share a single scene together, Roger Allen and Anton Lesser both appeared in an episode of Foil's War. So, okay. But here's the thing about Roger Allen. He was the first Inspector Javert in the original London production of Lemes. No. This is the guy cuz I'm sorry New York recording of Lemes. I I the London recording is my Miz recording. And I have been listening to this guy for
0: years. Decades at this point. Decades. Decades.
1: I love him. I he I prefer him over all Javert's. He is fantastic in the role. He originated it. Wow. But he's been nominated four times for Olivier Awards. Winning twice, once for playing Falstaff at Shakespeare's Globe. And then, okay, this is only really relevant to me and my parents. I'm here for you. But he originated the role of Bernard Nightingale in Arcadia in 1994. I fucking saw him in that role. He was phenomenal. And I'm fairly certain he saw us all Americans because we had just gotten off the plane and, like, then went to Arcadia. And we were like, we all want to go see this play. It's Tom Stoppard. It's amazing. And then we all, like, fucking fell asleep because we were so (laughs) jet-lagged. But, like, he was, like, keeping me awake. I was like, God, that guy is so scummy and sleazy. But he's also, like, somehow kind of sexy. It's weird. (laughs) That character, you know. But that's not all. (laughs) I went to the UK again in 1997, 98, also for the Edinburgh Festival, but we stopped in London and we saw Art by Yasmina Reza. Reza. He originated the roles of Serge and then later played Mark, and I saw him in that and also was like, is this guy? He's fucking amazing. I love this show. I was obsessed with the show Art. For so long. Like, the threads of my theater life, so many of the threads of my life, like him playing Javert in Les Mis, I was like, this guy is amazing. And then I saw Arcadia, and I was like, same thing. This guy is amazing. And then I saw Art. This guy is amazing. Never realizing it was the same guy. Same actor. I have been following this guy's career and like being a fangirl from like a bar and never realizing it. Okay, but I also, another character that he, he didn't originate this, but he played it in um, London and this is why I was talking about, like, we'll come back to this earlier. I was saying how like you're nothing without me. Yeah. It's this whole copper, you know, it's there, it's two sides of the same coin, and that's the theme. Well, if anybody knows the musical City of Angels, that's where you're nothing without me. It's the song. And the first if the if the first act closer is you're nothing without me, and the second act closer is I'm nothing without you, he played stone which is the the story detective that the writer is writing and they sing the song at each other it's very meta and so i just totally wish that i had seen city of angels his version of it because i would maybe then i would be like you know full on like with pictures on the wall of roger (laughs) allen which would be really weird and creepy but yeah i was just so excited to find all this out i was like oh my god okay so that's my Roger <laughs> Allen thing. I was, we're gonna,
0: we're <laughs> gonna take him minute. I'm gonna fan her down a little, I little bit here. God, I was so
1: excited. <laughs> yeah, so then just to talk about a little bit, I wanted to talk about Colin Dexter. Colin Dexter is the creator of Inspector Morse. He wrote the Inspector Morse novels. Mm-hmm. He's had an interesting background, and there is so much like autobiographical, you know, you put yourself into characters so much. Like this guy, it seems like he just imprinted himself. Like he was he was a an older man who wanted to pull his socks up. Like that was the way he felt like life was. You know, he wanted to sit on his lawn and yell at people about how smart he was and all the crosswords that he could do. And so he He wrote this character he invented this Inspector Morse. (laughs) He was a teacher, but In 1966, he was forced by the onset of deafness to retire from teaching. Initially, he wrote general studies textbooks. And then he began writing mysteries in 1972 during a holiday. And he published in 1975 his first Inspector Morse story. And he lived until 2017 and was um, very helpful, wrote tons of novels, like all, like almost like one a year until his death. The director of this episode is Kate Saxon, theater and screen director. She is also a video game director. She it's called Cinematic Performance Capture and Voice Director. She has directed cinematics for Hangar 13's Mafia Three performances for Chinese Rooms, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, I don't know those. She got won a Best Performance BAFTA for Merle Dandridge. In 2014, she did Alien Isolation, was released by the Creative Assembly to great acclaim. She was a performance director on the game, which won a BAFTA and was a recipient of six other BAFTA nominations. Saxon is the lead performance director of Witcher 3. Oh, wow. And she was the lead performance director for Motion Capture and Voice for Far Cry, Fable, Journey and Bond, Bloodstone, also the voice director for Castlevania, Lord of the Shadows, for which she directed an all-star cast, including Patrick Stewart, Roger, Robert Carlyle, Jason Isaacs, and prior to this, she was a voice director for popular MMO, Age of Conan, for Heavenly Sword, Ninja Theory,
0: and she directed... <laughs> Heavenly Sword, I'm sorry, Heavenly Sword, Ninja Theory. It's kind of like, well, let's talk about Ninja Theory. <laughs> How fast do you have to throw the shuriken in order for you to cut the jugular? It's ninja theory.
1: I just want to point out, this is like weird praise, right? Upon its US premiere, Los Angeles Times critic Robert Lloyd called Endeavor, quote, a suitably complicated, and pictorially engaging work of period suburban mystery.
0: <laughs> period suburban mystery. That needs to go on the checklist. Yes,
1: it totally does. That's
0: going on the bingo card. Yes. And plus also talk about being damned by faint praise. Yes, I
1: know. It's such <laughs> well, a you great know, show.
0: It's fine. It's okay. I mean, if you want to waste two hours of your life, sure, I suppose, whatever. But <laughs> here in LA. Spent. You yeah, literally yeah, yeah, what That's can I so say? Great. I don't know what's going on. I, said. <laughs> I mean, it's no TikTok, but I mean, it'll do. <laughs> viewers like you will eat this up i suppose
1: yeah we watch this on pbs so yes. viewers like you viewers
0: like you 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 rabble here here have your cozy little mystery you'll like it i'm going to be over here refined sensibilities with something that's truly arty
1: yeah yeah another fun thing
0: about <laughs> truly what? arty my dom de film festival no one appreciates him like i do
1: You're so cutting, Jacob. (laughs) Okay, another fun fact about this is that Abigail Thaw is the actress who plays Dorothea Frazzle, the journalist journalist. and head of the, or editor maybe of Oxford Mail. She is the daughter of John Thaw, who plays Inspector Morse.
0: Oh, that is hilarious. (laughs) That is perfectly hilarious, and I love it. But, you know, you have fun and watch that. You have fun. Now you know. what? Now you know. <laughs> all right, now we know. Another loss, but a good episode all the same. Yeah, a lot and of fun. A lot of fun. So,
1: huge death count. It's got to be, like, the oh my, biggest. I think
0: that's the biggest death count we've had so far. Yeah. I mean, like, this, these are not Star Wars movies. You know what I mean? There are not, like, <laughs> there are not, this is not a Marvel movie where, like, half a half a country gets killed. Like, mm-hmm. no, these are very... Cozy murders. One, maybe two, 20. 20 deaths in this one, people. 21. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Well, we don't have 21 wrongs, but we're getting close. But hopefully we can get some more wins in here. Yes. We'll find out next week.
1: We will. See you then. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it.
0: And now we want to hear from you.
1: Tell us your guesses,
0: your scores, your insider info, your favorite logic cop catches,
1: and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next.
0: Follow us and join the fun on Twitter at Cluedunit. Or on
1: Instagram and Facebook at Dunnit Podcast.
0: Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out.
1: Because watching TV is always
0: Always better better with with friends.
1: I was not expecting that i I was going along the same lines as like of like no it's it is more of a love carrot than it is a
0: <laughs> no I, I do I do think it's a love triangle. no, straight people can have love triangles too, man <laughs> we're just as we're just as tortured romantically oh <laughs> oh what a twenty twenty one thing to say straight people are just as tortured as everybody else romantically. <laughs> Also, straight people had their time. Yeah.